Blog Talk Radio. And I got the age. tuning in to Help for HD Live. Help for HD Live is brought to you by Help for HD International and is made possible by the Griffin Foundation and an education grant from Teva Pharmaceuticals. I am your host, Katie Jackson, and today we have on with us Paul Tiernan, and Paul is a caregiver for his wife who is living with Huntington's disease, and these are my favorite shows by far to do because I get to talk with my community, and um, and they're shows that we all uh, telling each other's stories is really the best thing we can do for advocacy and helping one another out to know that we're not alone because most of the time we have lived um, very much the same kind of journey navigating through HD. Um, I am doing this radio show from home today, uh, so if you hear any background noises, I am so sorry. This is kind of the way of the times with COVID-19, so uh, you're being brought brought to you from my bedroom, so hopefully you don't hear any kids screaming in the background, and if you do, I apologize. Um, Welcome to the show, Paul. Thank you so much for coming on with us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, let's start and talk. uh, Let's just talk first about how um, how you met your wife and your guys' story. Well, we met online. Um, I went through a bad divorce, and my kid put me on the internet, <laughs> and that's how we met. <laughs> Kids and technology. The only place we ever met was at Walmart, which is kind of funny. Kind of. Your first date? No, just the first time we met, she was with her one of her daughters, and she was with, was living in Menominee, Michigan. Marinette's mm-hmm. just across the border, like five minutes away, so. That's kind of how we met. Talked for a couple of weeks, texting and talking. So. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind yeah, of fun and, love at first sight. So. I'm sorry. Love at first sight? Said, yep. Yeah. And you, she was probably at Walmart because she already had children, right? So she was probably grocery shopping. <laughs> yep. She's got, uh, she's yep. got five children now they're all adults and uh they uh wow. got uh six five six. she's got five grandbabies right now and she's got two more coming in the next uh october november i believe wow well how fun is that to have all those those children around you guys babies make babies make us feel very happy so that's that's awesome you guys have two more coming um, so tell us when you, when you first started dating, did you know about HD? I had no clue. I had, I had no mm-hmm. clue what it was. She told me that her mom died and she had several 
family members have died, and she's got several family members with DHD. I went online and looking, and I was like, wow, I never, I've never heard of it. And I asked my aunt, who's a LPN in Upper Michigan, and she told me about it and uh, what goes on and this and that. I was like a little shocked, a little <laughs> frightened at first because it was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I went a bad divorce, and it was always, and to me, I was always kind of like a little gun shy. I got, I don't know, I loved her, and I just I just kind of went with the flow with, with things and kind of gradually learned more and asked questions and went online and looked and read books and talked to other people. And it wasn't that scary anymore for me. Yeah, I, I remember the first time I heard about Huntington's disease and my husband, I knew my husband was at risk. I went on the Internet and, and started researching, and I think that was the most terrifying part of the journey was re- researching all this stuff online that, you know, didn't really make sense. Well, it, didn't, it made sense, but it was so scary. But then when I started meeting people in the community and talking to people, it brought down my fear level a little bit, actually seeing families that live with it and um, it was much scarier on the internet. Um, I felt reading and not actually knowing people. Um, I think the community helps, you know, bring down some fear, um, especially the support you get from the community. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so when so when did she come uh, become symptomatic? Uh, she came symptomatic, and um, she, when I met her, she was already had some symptoms, um, and she was mm. kind of in denial. And then she had the HD mm. test done, and her gag was 43, I believe. Okay. Um, okay. And uh, the first doctor that she saw in Green Bay um, told her to get her affairs in order and dig a hole and prepare to die. That was his exact words. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That been with her. Uh, she was there with her uh, father and one of her daughters, and I told her to find a different neurologist, and we did. We have Heather Stanko in Green Bay, which she's a godsend lady. She is the best neurologist. She's very compassionate, very understanding, very helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so many doctors don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, we, where we live in Wisconsin, we live in, in Shano, um, when Chaz got sick with gangrene uh, three years ago, she was there, and we just moved from McConnell to Shano, and this doctor we had, that was there uh, rotating, he knew a little bit about Huntington's. He was to be his, his regular doctor. And he's he's improved a lot because mm-hmm. she, he works with Heather Stanko. And then, like, when you pull stuff and other people pull stuff online from other doctors, I send it to him. He reads it, and he, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, this was helpful. Can you send me more because I didn't understand it? And he's, he's, he's done a lot in leaps and bounds of, of educating himself and educating other people. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's really good that he listens because a lot of doctors, you know, you give them the physician's guide or you give them any type of publications and they don't even take the time. So to 
to have a doctor that actually listens is really kind of a blessing because a lot of them do not. Well, yeah, and um, we've we've dealt with quite a few different doctors, and when they blow chat when they blow chastity off, they got me to deal with, and I don't I I don't put up with it. <laughs> I, I mm-hmm. tell them how it yeah. is, the good, bad, and ugly, and I was like, you're gonna treat her with respect, and um, yeah. we dealt with one doctor in Milwaukee because chastity had an emergency, and she kept yelling at chast because she was twitching. He says, you need to stop eating what kind of drink on this and that. And I looked at him, and I'm like, uh, we need to go outside and, and, and talk nicely. And I did. And I mm. and I, kind of, I yelled at him. I'm like, she has Huntington's disease. She has no control over what you're asking her to do. I said, if you need her to right. do something, you need to less, sedate her. Because they were trying to put a pick line in there. Oh, okay. And I was like, sedate her. Mad. Give her a sec- yeah, and they were screaming at her. Just mm. screaming at her. Saying, "This is not going right." And um, I, I get very yeah. emotional. Sometimes my temper gets the best of me sometimes, and I, I try so hard with these doctors not to, to yell. And yeah, I, I, because it, because every time Chess cries and and gets stressed out. That Huntington's takes over more and more, and it's not yeah. that's not fair to her to be stressed out of something she has no control of. And right. it, it's absolutely we we no longer really go out to eat. We really don't go out too much in public because where we live, people with HD they look at them like they did with people with the AIDS in the 1980s as this. Freak of nature, I guess. It, it, there's no, it's the best words to use. Like, mm-hmm. we go in and still she shakes or she coughs because sometimes she can she can choke on air because of her swallowing. Yeah, of course. People, yeah. Uh, point, snicker. But on the other hand, when we go to other places and we see other people with wheelchairs, we like nod and smile, like, hey, keep your head up and keep up the good fight. So, yeah. Um, not all, not all of the positives outweigh the negatives a lot of the times. And she feels she gets very emotional and depressed. Um, currently, she has a, a therapy dog, and we currently have a service dog in training. So, it, and oh, that that's good. Help for her mental thing is we have like a dog, uh, a hedgehog, and two leopard geckos. <laughs> Oh, lots of animals to keep her happy. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, yeah. So I mean, no, I remember the the going out in public thing is so people don't get it until you you live it and experience it. And every time I'd go out with my husband, I'd have to be on defense for someone to say a stupid remark or someone to give a stupid look or, you know, someone to say something in front of my children. It was constantly, I was constantly on defense. And I would get so, I mean, I would let my temper get the best of me like you. You know, I was protective. He was my husband. He was my best friend. And so I would get really, really, probably sometimes maybe borderline out of line (laughs) of how I would respond. 
um, when we were in public to people, and I, I had to learn because I one time I remember looking at Mike and saying, "Can you believe that they would, you know, do you see them staring at you?" And then what they said, and he looked at me when we left, and he said, "Yeah, but what am I supposed to do about it?" He said, "There, of course I see it, but what do you want me to do?" And that kind of that kind of broke my heart, but it also made me think, you know, he was taking he was approaching it so much better than I was because he just approached it like they're ignorant. And I approached it as I was mad and ready to defend him. Um, but, yeah, people don't realize the public impact when we go out um, with our loved ones that we shouldn't have to deal with. Uh, people should. And isn't it funny, Paul, you said you smile and you shake your head, and that's, that's so interesting you say that because I, I always said, like, it's amazing what just a simple smile will do. If you smile, yep. it, it lets down your guard a little bit. Yeah, it does. It- I mean, especially when I see someone else pushing somebody in a wheelchair, give them a nod and a smile, like, keep up the good fight. What else? I mean, you you can't, you can't, I I don't want to, you can't fight this. You you can't get mad at, at the person. So, I mean, I use humor a lot to... When she's having a real bad day, or like a, like at night when she, <laughs> I, she, she kicks a lot, and moves a lot, so I get hit once in a while, a kick or or whatever, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that mm-hmm. was a good, a good kickboxing match or something. I make I make light of it so she don't feel bad. Sure, because, of course. Um, sometimes when uh, I I bathe her, she kicks or or whatever, and it don't bother me. She says she's sorry. I told her one day, you need to stop doing that. Cause it just, most of the time now, it doesn't even face me. It's like nothing. I, I, I mean, because I'm used to it. It's it's like a daily thing. Right. And, right. I, and she feels bad. And then I was like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's no big. Yeah. I, and, and she's like, she gets mad at herself because she can't control her movements. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what? So, it's no, to me, it's no big deal. I mean, I battled cancer twice, and, and I, I fared through it. So to me, this is just oh, another wow. uh, a roundabout thing to, to, uh, of life. I mean, you, you can't right. beat life. You just go with the waves, and that's how I try to see things every day. But there's some days, like you said, like when we go out, there's people I just want to rip their head off and, and, of course. and beat them with. Yep. Yep. And it, yeah. it, I say things bluntly, and sometimes it gets me in trouble because I say what, what is on my mind, and I don't sugarcoat things no more because I used to, and nobody got what I was saying, and as soon as I stopped doing that, then they understood, well, this is is a, a pretty bad disease. Like, I, yeah. you sent me the, the LEAP program, and I did it with our local police department in Shawano. Oh, fantastic. And why I was doing this, I had a lot of questions, and um, sure. And one of the questions was, is that because and and I knew the individual was talking about because it was it is, uh, um, I know of two other families in Shawano that have HD, and so mm-hmm. and I knew that the, the one thing, this these people were at a park having a picnic, and you know the shirts that say I, I'm not drunk, I have HD. Yes. Okay, this, these people were all drinking soda, and somebody called the police 
thought they were high or all drunk because they they were slurring their speech. And three mm-hmm. out of the six of them church, and they were none of them. Mm-hmm. Were but some lady was was concerned enough because of how they talked didn't seem normal to her. Well, she had to call the police to embarrass them. Mm-hmm. And, well, and that's one of the things that when I did the, the program is I explained to the police. And I said, in some, I said they, some of them don't talk like we do. Some of them slur their speech. They can't help it. They can't right. act. If, if you tell them to walk a straight line, a lot of them can't. If you tell, and, right. and I kept reiterating this, that they cannot follow those commands that you want to tell them. And sometimes they don't yeah. think like we do. They process some things a little differently. And my yeah. wife does that time. She does things, and I look at her like, okay. Other people look at her like, really? Yeah. And just, I catch it now, and I stop it before it goes any further. Right. And it's something that I had to learn. At first, I got frustrated really bad. It just it bothered me. Now it, it doesn't, and it's, I know it's part of the disease. That right. There's certain aspects of it. But one thing I got to say about my wife is her, her brain is as sharp. She can tell you what I said three or four years ago and what I ate for breakfast. Remember? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's, that is one thing that she, she has that, uh, and I tell her every day is, and cause I'll say something. I said, you remember what we did this or that? And she tell us what we did all day. I, I kind of do that on a purpose to, to, to help her with her, her, um, her neurologist told me to do it to for brain functions. Mm-hmm. I can't think of the, can't think of the word correctly, and I'm really bad. Yeah, she's on a lot of can't pronounce them. A lot of stuff I can't pronounce. I, I can't. I, I can't hold that. I'm with you. I, my husband's when they would ask me medication, I would I would try to say it, and then I just say like another doctor, and then I'd say, "Let me just spell it for you." <laughs> yeah, I have everything. I have everything on a tablet and on my phone. Um, yeah, even the new stuff she has on and I take a picture of the bottle <laughs> and say, here this is what she takes this this time this 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 and yeah the lady says write it all down I said you know how long it takes me to text something she says well you got yeah. a great moment because I have that does that mean that I like to text I said it takes me a very <laughs> long time to that's why it's only like three or three three letters to a word or four letters to a word very short, sweet, simple with me. Nice yeah, and yeah. And these these yeah. definitely are three aren't three or four letters. These these are very long names for medications. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So how long have you been caring for your wife's caregiver? Since uh, March of 2015. March of 15. Okay. Five years. And do you have any help caring for her? No. Mm. Yeah. No. We we had the ADRC come in the house after she came out of um she had foreigners gangrene back in um two thousand sixteen. Um, mm. spent two days in Shano. Went to Belling, Dr. Khan did emergency surgery, sent her to Freighter on a flight for her life, 
they figured that we'd never see her again. She was in a coma for 24 days. And um, oh my goodness, it uh, it it literally destroyed the family. turned very bad it turned very bad and of course mm-hmm. I'm the new one some family figured that you know I didn't I'm, I'm, I'm new I don't know anything blah 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 oh you guys had just started you guys were newly married yeah um, uh, mm-hmm. it, it, I had uh, my power attorney stripped for me they, her father and some other family members um oh. Try to uh, uh, euthanize her because they were talking, taking her oh leg off, swallowing, and, and it, it. I fought and I fought, and I got a lot of people involved, and um, made a lot of phone calls, a lot of sleep. I mean, and because yeah. of that, I mean, there. I fought. I don't angel by by no means anybody. I I have I have more faults than I do good qualities. But this is the woman that stole my heart, and I was going to sure. go to to make her life better. Yeah. It cost me a lot. In the end, I got her back. Um, yeah. She had a backpack on for 60 days. She wow. From her, from her butt all the way up to her, her right bottom of her breast. Um, incisions. Oh, my goodness. Open for like 30 days. And that, that's what put her in the wheelchair. Um, and her sure. leg, she's got, she, she, she's, her one leg is more swollen than the other one, and that so kind of they, that they was didn't my, take her leg. No, I, I I did everything and everything in the world to keep it. Um, yeah, it, I mean, there's days it's a little swollen than the other one, but I mean, mm. she she gets to function. She does yeah. walk a little. She she could do like five or six steps. As long as she holds on to me, and there's um, railings there. We have handicap bars up throughout the house. Yeah. Um, wow. Man, she's a fighter. Oh yeah, she's she's stubborn. I, I give I give her that. <laughs> I her that. And um. Man. We and that I mean that was a, that was the biggest trial we had of of things. And I uh, said, well, if we got that leg, this HD can't be that bad. That's the way I looked at it. And, and I said it. Some people in the HD community thought I was making fun of it, and I wasn't. I just I said we got one hurl, and I don't. I, I, and I said whatever's thrown our way can't be as bad as what we just went through. And yeah, I, you I, definitely, you definitely have gone through. I mean, in a coma for that long, um, all the recovery and rehab she had to go through. Um, I mean, this is kind of a, a very. Um, uh, incredible story, uh, you would say it for for how how much she had to fight for life to be able to live with what she went through. Yeah, her neurologist says that she's a walking miracle. I mean, oh, Doctor yeah. Cox, who was a great surgeon here in Green Bay, she's a walking miracle. 
I mean, I did everything and everything to make sure she survived. I mean, I, I yeah. I was new. I see what kind of sucked for me is until I met her. I've heard of Shotham. Never been there. I, I, all all my family is all somewhere in, in another a couple of different states. I mean, I had a daughter mm-hmm. live in Wisconsin, but um, where else? My other daughter at the time was in China. The other one's in Indiana. So I really had no family. I just, I kind of did this phone and I had, luckily we, we had our, our dog, our two dogs. So those were my, uh, my best friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gosh, no support or anything with everyone so far away. Man, well, this next question I know that um, that we're going to talk is, is a hard question, and I know because I was married um, for many years uh, to someone with HD, and I was his caregiver up until the last um, year of his life before I was able to bring a little over a year before I was able to bring in help and and go back to not being his wife as being just like not as much of a caregiving role as I did prior to him getting um, the end of life care, but. Um, how does HD affect your marriage? It doesn't. I mean, I roll with the punches. I just mm. there's days I'm frustrated because we we have to nickel and dime some things, and I, I don't like to do that. But sure. That's the worst part. Is I, I can deal with everything else. I don't mind doing it all. I mean, I was living on my own anyways, cooking, cleaning, shopping, everything else. It didn't bother me. Sure. It just, it was, I guess, well, I guess in the beginning it was a little weird. I mean, Mm -hmm. being Mr. Mom. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. I mean, and so you, it's, so it's the financial. It's the most mostly the financial stress because you you no longer can work. You you were you were a general con, you were a contractor, right, Paul? Yeah. Still in when you can. Yeah, and you can, now it's now obviously you can't work like you used to because you are a caregiver. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with no with anything, it's like I bought her uh, electric wheelchair and bought her the the, the lift chair. We don't get any help mm-hmm. buying any. If we need it, it's like I, I get frustrated because I see a lot of the other things go on, and it's like, well, I'm not asking for a handout. It's, it's not what my, my thing is. But just a little help with you know, oh. once in a while. Yeah, no, absolutely. I remember my husband, we needed a hospital bed for him at the end, and I said, well, how long is it going to take to get the hospital bed in? They said, well, you could buy one yourself, or it may take a couple weeks. I said, a couple weeks? He needs a hospital bed right now. And they said, well, the only way we could get it to him fast is if you put him on hospice. And I said, well, what do you mean? The only way I can get a hospital bed for him is in, in a, the right amount of time, right, was to put him on hospice. If not, I was going to wait three weeks or so for him to get a hospital bed, and he needed one right away. Hospital beds are expensive, as you know. Um, so it's just, it's really sad. And even then any, anywhere you go, how they don't get us to help, especially for medical durable equipment, you would think we would, we should, we should get more help. Um, 
but oftentimes we don't. Well, here in Wisconsin, it's terrible. You want a hospital bed yeah. in six months with weight. It's crazy. I yeah. I mean, I I know of a Huntington's family um, that I knew well, and he was um, on hospice, and and then he went off hospice. He graduated from hospice, and they came and took his hospital bed, and he was laying on the floor. And they wouldn't even bring him another hospital bed. He was still on Social Security. He still was obviously, he had Huntington's. He still was terminally ill. And they took his hospital bed away and had him laying on a floor. I just, this, it's just people, there's so many things that go wrong, um, you know, in this whole entire journey we have to live a lot of the time. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, no, and, and, you know, I know financial, financial burden is obviously when you're a caregiver and your loved one can't work, what do you do? Um, and Lord only knows Social Security is, gives us just enough to get by, if not that, you know, as <laughs> uh, families. They, yeah. Here in Wisconsin, she started off getting like $1,500 a month in Social Security disability. Now she's down to $1,065 a month. Wow, they took it away. Yeah, because we, because of what goes on in our great state of Wisconsin here, and that's why I'm down in oh Madison fighting and, and trying to get a voice for people, and they're like yeah. they don't realize what. Well, he's like, well, you're not fighting for this group. Like I, I when I had cancer, I, I was a big advocate for it. No, for the Huntington's disease, and I got a big backlash for some people that you don't fight for this as strong as I fight for Chastity's HD. I said, because, you know, so far, it's, it's an event. But Chastity is more important to me, with, and her HD is, and so my, I choose my battle. And so I right. guess friends and support because I no longer am the big, the big voice of knocking on a door, trying to like, you need to hear hear her, her saying, her work by her, her. Yeah. And I, it's a little frustrating as you see people turn on people, and it's like really, because one group they never heard of Huntington's disease, and I explained to them, and they're like, well, why haven't we heard enough? I said because people don't listen, and then I said I, I not I said I pound on doors like, hey, you need to need to, to send some help or help these people um and it, it goes unheard and the story you just said about the guy in the hospital bed i would have been furious oh uh, yeah that's but that's it is the place we live in now nobody one thing i've noticed outside of the hd community and a few other like the cancers the care they, they they go and pick and prod and make fun of people with disabilities. This, this yeah. whole new generation. I mean, I, yeah. get, I got my butt whooped. And I see this, and then oh, I understand. Yeah. I understand why people. I've had a couple HD friends take their lives. I understand how they feel now. I had a hard time in the beginning because I, I didn't comprehend everything with HD. Now I understand. Mm. 
and now I try to I talk to people, and one of the the the, the, the things out of this HD, this whole being married to, to Chad, is we we've given hope to some people that there are people willing to stick around and fight for them and care for them and, and go yeah. through this journey with them. Because I hear a lot of people yeah. getting divorced, a lot of boyfriends, girlfriends taking off, and I, I yeah. yeah, and I, I a lot of. Husbands and boyfriends leave their their girlfriends and spouses when the other one has HD. And I, yeah, I and I've, I have and I, I've noticed I'm like the minority here of a male caregiver. Cause you are. It, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, we we run a caregiver support group um, at Help for HD International on Tuesdays, um, and there is one male, and all the rest are female. Um, Yes, you and I don't. Yep. And I don't know if it's that 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 there's not that maybe they're not as um, as out there or um, as willing to talk about the stories. But um, you definitely see more female um, caregivers speaking and at these support groups and talking more so than males. And I agree with you because when when we need something like a male's perspective of caregiving, it's really hard to find um, a male that is caring for their their loved one at home their wife or oh, girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. It's one, it's one, yeah, thing it's one of I my, started... go ahead, Paul. It's one of the things when I started this journey, it was like, out oh, there in support groups, two or three guys and that's it. And it's like, mm-hmm. we hear all the mm-hmm. caregivers say this, that, what they miss and what they, what, what they yearn or whatever. And then, Sometimes we say something and then we, we get crucified. Mm. We're, it, it, because there's a female perspective on things and there's a male perspective on things. Sure, sure, absolutely. I, I made a comment one day because I love to fish. Fishing is, is uh-huh. I love fish. I said, you know, it would be nice. Like, you know, it, um, like if, you know, because my wife won't go in the boat. And that's fine. I said it'd be yeah. nice, you know, if like if uh, we could have like a an HD thing one day where the the caregivers could go out like and do stuff like fish or do something. And one of the mm-hmm. females, mm-hmm. Like, I said, drinking has nothing to do with it. I'm not talking about drinking. Just a couple hours where we can go do fishing, or, or we don't have to worry about our spouse for like three or four hours. That's sure, it. like a respite. And I said, and that's, that's all I'm saying. So what, you want to go to bars? I'm not even talking about drinking. I, I don't even drink that often. I'm just talking about just... Right. Because every time I go do something, I, I run into the store for 10 minutes. Is she okay? It's always in the back of my head. It, it's it's of course. always there. And it's just like a little, just a little break. Just a little something. Absolutely. I yeah. mean... Well, and and it's good for them too. You know, when when people are brought in, they get respite. If they get the right people, that's always the key, right? And Paul, you and I both know that we could bring in some people that are don't know what they're doing, and we would never trust. But if you found the right respite person that really cared for your loved one, really wanted to sit and talk and and have a good conversation, and you knew that they were going to be cared for and loved while you went out for respite. Not only is it good for the caregiver to get the respite and breathe, 
uh, for the HD per, uh, person to be a person living with HD to be able to get some alone time with someone else away from their caregiver and have a conversation different than just their caregiver, right? And then it's like it's good for everybody if that could happen. The, the big problem is always finding the right respite person um, that could help because so many people don't know about HD. Well, yeah, it's, it really, we like I said, we tried to have the A, D, or C come in, and that that turned into a disaster because chess, yeah, yeah. Korea. Well, if, if we see a bruise, we have to call the police as, as a, um, elder abuse or something. And I looked at them and like, oh. yeah, adult protective services. Yeah, it's so crazy that. Yeah, we we've heard that story many times. And then why we were having this conversation with them. I was sitting across from Chas, and Chas was sitting on the table, and she started moving. She smacked her hand, and she got a bruise. And I said, well, I said, so, I said, you, you're, you're going to call people on like this? What just happened? And he's like, oh, yeah. that's what I said, that's what I'm talking about. I said, she's going to, and then it came back a couple of days later, and she had a big purple bruise there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, See, mm-hmm. this, this, I said, these are the things that, that we try to discuss with them. But then they they don't see it and they take it to the extreme, and then they they like with me they make me a, a kind of a an enemy because I don't trust them because yeah we don't I mean I I get it that there is abuse that happens I understand it yes it does and that needs to be reported and dealt with like I understand it's like stuff like this and then you see it. And they still make an excuse, oh, we got to get the police in a report. I, just the stu- stupidity of things is just... Yeah. Jump. Well, and then what you put your, not only the caregiver through having to go through the police, talking to the police, but then now you're putting the HD, you know, person living with HD through that. And how much stress and anxiety is that going to put on them, right? Oh, yeah. So it's just like they're causing unnecessary stress. I agree with you 100%. If, there's, if there is suspected real abuse, of course. Those, those services need to be brought in, but something from a bruise from a, uh, someone who's living with a movement disorder that obviously has uncontrolled movement and is, is banging things, I mean, obviously, that's common sense shows you that the loved one is not doing, especially he could observe in your house that you weren't an abusive man. You were sitting there with your wife. You were watching her. You were very attentive. You were you were supposed to be interviewing him, not him, you, you know, Um it's it's crazy how hard it is to get good respite and to get people that understand HD. Um, what do you think is the most difficult part about being your wife's caregiver? Watching her lose herself a little every day. Mm-hmm. She has or what yeah. she can what she could do a month ago and what she can't do now. As I see it, she sees it and I don't I just I don't say anything. And then like when she sees somebody she hasn't seen in a year or two years, they freak out and like, Whoa, what happened? And then mm-hmm. she's got a yeah. a story she cries about it and it just kinda of turned me into emotional. I get emotional and it's like I never used to be that way. It's just, sure. There's some things that have changed me, and it's like, I, I just, I don't know. I used to be kind of the, yeah. the, 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 I don't know, 
Just that man, the guy just my kids cry like suck it up, Buttercup kind of thing, and now I get more. I thought you were a fisherman, you were a contractor. My dad was a con. My dad's a contractor and a and a fisherman. And from what I know about my dad is, I yeah, if I was crying, I would be told to suck it up for sure. <laughs> um, he was a man's man for sure. Um, he is a man's man, but uh, but yeah, and then this does it does it Huntington does especially when you love someone so much and you have to watch what they go through. It does change you. It changes you completely. Yeah, I mean. From I uh, would just say the last 90 days, she went from a normal toothbrush to one of those um, battery-operated toothbrushes, so she could brush, still brush her teeth on her own. Yeah. I put the teeth on. But see, those are little things that, and, and then when the other people ask, they're like, "Oh my God, what happened?" Then they make a big deal out of it, and then I'm, I look at them funny, but it's it's a friend of hers or something, and it's just I want to slap them sometimes. Like, really? You don't have to make a big deal out of this. This is happening. Yeah, not in front of her. Yeah. Yeah, and, Absolutely. and that's the frustrating thing. Some of her family members make a big deal out of things, and they shouldn't, not in front of her. Or there's, right. And, and they, they make her feel worse. Then we go home, and she's depressed now for two or three days. And, and then, and sure. Then, Wife asks, "What's your what's my problem?" I'm like, I don't want to say anything because then it makes her feel worse that I'm like her friend or her family member said something, and that's kind of what I have to deal with. It uh, just I kind of like bite my I have to I bite my tongue a lot, and then I just deal with. It. Yeah. Like one thing when Chad yeah, was sleeping. I, I I build drones and it helps me with my my stress. Because mm. she she's on some new meds and she sleeps pretty good at night. So and I I, I can hear her pretty well downstairs. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, you have to find ways to to take care of yourself as well because what you know I, I remember with Mike when he before he passed away my husband I always thought to myself I'm like what good am I um, to him and my children because I have children at risk um, if I'm not if I'm not here you know because um, I stress myself out to where I'm not here because we as you know we know caregivers that have passed away before their loved ones we know we all have seen that happen in our community so yeah um a male caregiver I know took his life in Michigan uh, last yep. Wednesday, and I I just talked to him um, Tuesday, and um, Jeez, I, yeah. shook. I knew something was wrong, but I mean we're guys, so we're we're kind of like we don't say much because some of the support groups are they're they're good. But they're they're very some of them are very rounded for women. Yeah, um, no, I I think you're right. All of them are pretty much. And then they they that's why a lot of I mean I'll, I'll say whatever I'm going to say because I I mean I'll take the slack or whatever because it's me. And some guys like that, some ladies like that because I say how it is. 
But some guys are afraid to say anything or ask for help because it makes some, I know a couple guys, they would feel it makes them feel weak or that they're giving up on their loved one because they had to ask for help. I said, that's normal. I said, mm. don't feel that way. Don't feel any less of yeah. yourself. yourself. I said, if you need help or stuff, ask. Yeah. I talked to a couple different people weekly. They call me or, or text me or um, Snapchat now. Things and what's just oh you you figured that out huh I still haven't figured that one out Snapchat <laughs> yeah. yeah it's it just and uh, for some reason I I don't know how it happened become a support thing for some other people which is really cool I never thought I would yeah you asked me you asked me ten years ago I went through a bad divorce if I'd ever be with another woman with a caregiver I would have said no I just live by myself with my dogs it's just myself. And a lot of things have changed, right. and it's, it's sure. for me. It's uh, it's been a growing, a good growing thing for me. Yeah, because it's made me more compassionate for other people. Sure. I'm prior to meeting Chats, I was not very compassionate for things. Well, I think that you may have just answered my last question because we're running out of time here, but I was going to ask, is there any silver lining in this that you found? Yeah, the, I've become a lot more compassionate and understanding than I used to be. Mm. Yeah. I, I I see other people, and like at the grocery store, you see that old lady digging in her purse to give out the little pennies or whatever. That, that used to irritate yeah. No, I don't. I don't really care one way or the other. I just like, oh, whatever. Right. Because it's right. And, it, and that's one of the things. Like even my adult children notice that I really things that used to bother me really don't. I really don't bother me anymore. It's just yeah. Like, oh, whatever. If anything, now, if anything, HD. Yeah. It teaches us that not to sweat the small stuff, right? Because life is too short. Um, oh, yeah. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Paul, for coming on with us today and uh, and telling our your story of chastity and your journey. Um, I, I think you I think you made me really think on this show about about our male caregivers and and what we need to do to help support. Um, you know, as as help for HD as an organization, you know, maybe we could talk further on on ways that you think that um, we could support um, our our male caregivers because it sounds like it's a big unmet need and and uh, we need to have those support services out there. So maybe we could talk further and um, offline about maybe some things that you think would help and see if we can get some of that stuff put together. So for sure, but. Um, so thank you, Paul. Please uh, say hello to Chastity for us. Uh, tell her that this show, if anything, has taught us that she is a fighter. <laughs> and um, she sounds like an amazing woman. So um, you are lucky to have her, and she is lucky to have you. 
So I think that is it for today. And um, next week, tune in, same time, same place. And uh, just to let you guys know before we get off here, check out this Friday, um, check out our YouTube channel. We're coming out with a new show about a resource for HD Awareness Month that is going to be offered to all of our HD families for free. And then the following week, we are getting ready to also launch a new program um, that will be offered for our community uh, for free. Um, and I'll give a little sneak peek. It has to do with awareness and law enforcement. So uh, check out those, and they will be announced soon um, and uh, by the next couple of days. So thank you, Paul, again for coming on the show with us. And um, until next week, everyone stay safe and stay well. Take care.